Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Steven Taylor. How are you two doing? Pretty good. Doing all right. I'm, like, hungry now after the last episode. <laughs> it was just, oh, like, God. getting asked about food, and it's just, like, I haven't had breakfast yet. Yeah, who's the a-hole <laughs> who asked us questions about food? Just kidding. <laughs> we have your name. We'll yeah. be finding you. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's good to get questions that are not related about the movie. Sometimes I'm like, you know, like, okay, let's look up questions about this movie, and then people are like, what do you what do you like to eat when you watch the movies? I'm like, that's a fair question. Maybe we should answer that. So, send in more of those uh, mailbag threeingreeners.com if you want to. You know, I don't know. Maybe don't ask us what we wear when we watch the movies. That's a little too weird. But you know, food. Yeah drink <laughs> what we we smoke when we watch it that's right. fair game as long as absolutely. it's you know it's legal where we live so you know we're allowed to yeah. those things so not only is it legal we are literally from the province known for being stoners so you could exactly. ask us what strain we're smoking we probably have an answer for you <laughs> yeah we're yeah we're we're the most chill province because we smoke the most weed <laughs> actually it's funny because when weed first got legalized here uh like shortly after we had like a family function and, and my family was all passing around a joint and i was like what the fuck this feels so weird i'm not used to this yeah like you guys are supposed to be condemning it not smoking it what the fuck especially but. if you grew up with parents who did condemn it and now all of a sudden you are smoking with them as an adult and it's yes. like yeah. what world are we living in a hundred percent that was that was yeah that's how it was so but now of course it's just like yeah everyone just treats it like it's just fair game like now at christmas you you can smoke weed and then you're slouched in the couch while people are opening gifts and you're like someone pass me my gift i can't move yeah and let me tell you it's pretty great (laughs) (laughs) it is i think smoking weed at christmas is a very underrated uh exercise 100 percent. so anyways we're not talking about weed well maybe we might we've just been on tangents this whole uh, double feature of Sleepaway Camp movies because I don't know maybe Sleepaway Camp and we just go well together so um, but we're talking about Sleepaway Camp to unhappy campers <laughs> uh, just a great little sequel that is definitely not like the first movie at all I kind of compare it to like TCM and TCM2 Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. The first movie, you know, is what it is. And then the second movie is just like someone did a bunch of coke and then wrote a screenplay. Um, <laughs> so that's what this movie feels like. Um, but what is Sleepaway Camp 2 Unhappy Campers even about? Well, Angela, supposedly reformed and living under an assumed surname, is working at a summer camp. However, when the campers start misbehaving, she soon reverts to her old ways. So... And those old ways include killing people. <laughs> Angela's favorite pastime. Right? Yeah. 
killing killing people. I do like how the movie contextualizes it as it's their fault for retriggering Angela. <laughs> like, it's like, oh yeah, Angela's the Angela's not a fault. It's the people who un- who re reemerge her um, her violent tendencies. They're the ones that are at fault. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, when was the first time we watched Sleepaway Camp 2, Unhappy Campers? Uh, I watched it for the podcast. Yeah, I watched it in the late 90s, I believe. To I, And I think this is where I stopped. I didn't, because I didn't go on, I didn't, I have not seen Teenage Wasteland, which is yeah. the third movie. You probably don't need to. No. Either. Um, I, I almost think that this one isn't necessary. Yeah, or, I would, I would yeah, agree with yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it was more meant to capitalize on success, mm-hmm. um, and obviously to to reference every other horror popular horror movie around it. I mean, just look at the fucking poster for it. Mm-hmm. Like she's got a backpack with everybody's shit on it, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it feels like an obvious money grab because uh, even um uh. I don't think Robert uh, Hiltzik ha- uh, has any real involvement in this film, no. other than uh, other than them using his characters and the camp name, because uh, mm-hmm. it's Michael A. Simpson that directs this one. Okay. Um, yeah, I just it just it should have been standalone. Yeah. yeah, it really, and I mean, you you mentioned them using the names of the previous movie, but. They're not even at the same camp as the no. previous movie. Um, that and that's literally the only connection is, oh yeah, this thing happened at this other camp, and now this one camper is here with us. But like, the backstory of it isn't really. It's brought up as a spooky story, but it's not actually playing into the plot. Um, the whole reveal at the end of the first sleepaway camp, they don't even do anything with that other than to basically use it as a boogeyman. But, like, Angela never, like, that's never played with with Angela's character in this movie at all. She's just Angela in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I think they really, they really could have played this as more of, like, a horror camp parody movie almost. Because they do have the two kids who dress up as Freddy and Jason at some point And, like, in an attempt to scare other campers in this movie. Like, they really could have played it more as, like, a ha-ha, we're poking fun at summer camp horror movies um, without the need to tie it into a franchise that was already in play, because yeah, it it really it really doesn't actually harken back to the previous Sleepaway Camp in any actual tangible way. It's just like name dropped, basically. Yeah. Um. Oh man, the first time I watched this, oh gosh, like I think it was. Uh, sometime in the 2000s back when Blockbuster and Rogers Video were still a thing. I think one time I, I, like I was big into horror movies like Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street and I mean nowadays I'm pretty sure most people don't know what this poster looks like but the poster or VHS cover for Sleepaway Camp 2 had uh, Angela with a backpack and on the top of the backpack was Jason's mask and then like kind of on the side of the backpack was Freddy's glove and I'm like oh my god this is so fucking cool and then I picked it up and then you're like "Uh, it's not not that cool I mean it's alright it's just yeah it definitely back in the in the 2000s when 
covers definitely overhyped movies, this is probably one of the bigger culprits for that. Where I was just like, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, is this like some crossover? Does Freddy and Jason show up in this? No, not at all. Um, there's like a little bit of a scene where they kind of play pay homage to those characters, but it's mm-hmm. so like blink and you'll miss it. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, so um cool uh we got a few emails here kevin says there's something fun about angela's demeanor in this i love how happy she is even when she's slaughtering people mm-hmm. i guess I, that's I, the I, stick of this movie right so and something we kind of talked about in the last episode too is how different angela's character mm-hmm. is in this movie compared to angela in the first sleepaway camp where Angela's very subdued. She doesn't really talk to people. Um, she barely speaks. I think, Steve, you mentioned she doesn't even speak in the first, like, 25 minutes of the, la- of the first movie or something. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in this one, she's almost the exact opposite. She's She loves camp. She loves being a camp counselor. She's got this whole thing where she she's, like, kind of nice to the people that she thinks are good people, but then obviously she's going around killing the ones that she doesn't. Um, it just seems a lot less... I mean, they, they definitely tried to play up the more comedic genre in this one, which also just gives it a very different feel to the first mm-hmm. Sleepaway Camp. Um, yeah. But yeah, I guess that all just kind of ties back into what we talked about earlier of how this this really should have just been its own thing and not tied mm-hmm. to a, a yeah. franchise. It's yeah. absolutely inconsistent in character work. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, all right. Just says eighteen kills in this, and many of them were pretty solid. I'm not sleeping on Sleepaway Camp two anymore. I mean, the kills in this are pretty good. Yeah, yeah, um, I would give it that. It's just everything else. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they do. People are not watching this movie for plot or characters. They're watching yep. it for that eighteen kills, which actually is a pretty good number for at the time. Eighteen kills was quite a bit. So, I mean, nowadays eighteen kills is nothing. Um, ghost ships like hold my beer, but. Um, <laughs> Angela should have done the ghost ship that's what it, she should have done there you go I want a movie where Angela keeps getting found out and then she has to get a new job every single time and then somebody just keeps triggering her killer desires like she's working at a McDonald's or a Wendy's or something and then somebody's just like <laughs> let's make out in the cold storage and she's like let's go <laughs> that's I, I, the sleep I also I also like the idea of her just, like, moving to, like, a camp just slightly down the road of the one that she was at the previous <laughs> summer. Because that's, like... that's kind of how it was in this one. It was like, oh, yeah, there's a camp really close by that this whole thing happened. She yeah. didn't even go to another state. She just went adjacent. Yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she didn't go very far. And in in this movie, they say, like, 30 people died in the first one, so she's actually at more, like, 48, almost 50 Mm -hmm. uh, total for her body count by this point. Well, I mean, there was no way there was 30 people killed in that that movie. No. No. But. Again, let's just fudge the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. It's like like what came before was a completely different movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even like like Sean um doesn't Sean say that his dad was like the one that arrested her? Yeah, he does. He he's the son of the cop that arrested her originally. Right? So it's like And so he was just what, playing dumb? 
for everything leading up. Yeah. He, yeah, he, for how close his family seemed to have been tied to what happened, he really knew nothing about yeah, what was actually going on. Right, and, like, he only clued on everything right before he gets decapitated. Yeah. How convenient. Exactly. Mm. I am also surprised that he, he name drops that his dad is the cop that arrested her. I thought he was going to show up as a character in the movie, too, and mm -hmm. he's just nowhere to be seen. No, it is literally a throwaway line that does not that does nothing except for what reveal what we already know. Yeah. Yeah, they like, really they a... really. Sorry, go ahead. Well, the, yeah, it does nothing. You know what I mean? Like it's the audience has already clued into all of this shit, which it dulls any suspense any mm -hmm. any i mean jump scares that could possibly happen we, we there's there's no like there is horror in the underlying that she's killing these people but there's no real like horror yeah mm -hmm. to this film yeah yeah they they really could have kept it i feel like they should have kept it in the sense of the original where I mean, I'm sure we, if it was named Sleepaway Camp, we probably all would have guessed that they probably would have done the same thing where, you know, you pretend it's one camper killing everyone, but it's actually mm -hmm. this other camper. Um, but that really would have fit more in the theme of the first movie, too, yeah. where or you you just see someone's hands and yeah. then you, you just infer based off of those hands. And then even if you do figure it out before the end, it's they're still at least trying to hoodwink you a little bit. Yeah. Or, like, infer that Angela is on, like, Reform, like reformed, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. like, like, like she's on recovery, and like do it like a giallo style, like you said, like just showing hands and stuff like that, and then having the reveal of like, oh no, she slipped into her own ways, because at this point that trope hasn't been just done to death yet. Yeah, and I don't know. There's a little more room to play with actually being a, a thrilling horror movie rather than just watching kind of. A sequence of events yeah yeah i know it and it's unfortunate too because if this was standalone and not related to sleepaway camp mm -hmm. like there are some goofy scenes in this that actually gave me a good chuckle um like when angela one of the characters is in the bathroom telling her telling angela about how she's tried to call the previous campers that have been sent home and she can't get a hold of them and then Angela's just in the other room behind her, like, trying to find a good murder weapon to murder her with. She, like, picks up a hanger and she hits it. She's like, man, that doesn't work. I thought that scene was kind of goofy and and fun. But again, it doesn't really fit with Sleepaway Camp. It's, it's, no. it's very, it's very different. Yeah. Cool. Um... And then finally, Marty says, someone has to ask the sleepaway camp one or two, which is better. One. Yeah, I, I'd say one is better. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I would disagree just in the sense that I enjoyed watching two more than I enjoyed watching one. Um, but if we're going based off of like looking at it as a franchise, uh, I feel like it's got to be one. I think one's just a more consistent experience. Two mm -hmm. takes some wilder swings, and I think that makes it more interesting, but I don't think it makes it a better yep. movie. No. I would agree with that. Okay. Uh, and then, favorite line from this movie? 
Um, I thought the Happy Camper song was creepy and weird yeah. and kind of funny. <laughs> Especially um, um, the the last one. God, I'll camp until I die. Yeah. Um, oh, by I the grace with the grace of God, I'll camp until I die. Yeah. yeah. What? A <laughs> uh, little little on the nose there, but it fits yeah. for Angela. Um, mm. I also got a good laugh out of um when Molly dies close to the end of the movie and Angela goes, poor Molly, if it's any consolation, you almost made it. And it's like, girl, what the fuck are you talking about right now? Molly does, Molly is the final girl, though. Basically, they, yeah. they lead into that terrible ending scene. Like, the f the worst way to end your movie. Yeah. yeah. Like, so bad. Um, I, I like her leaving her cabin full of dead bodies and saying, goodnight, campers. Yeah. 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 That was funny. Yeah, it was, there were like little things like that that made me laugh. And that really made this feel more like a parody than an actual sequel. It is for sure more than anything a dark comedy, Yeah, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, um, I thought well, it was funny, too, when they were, do they were doing the random thing of the campers feeling the things in the boxes. And Angela's like, dead teenagers' brains? And someone goes, what's really in there? And she goes, dead teenagers' brains? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Brooke had a really weird line where she says, I'm a happy camper. I love to drink and fuck. And if you pay me money for my titties, you can suck. I was like, Oh, Ooh. yeah. I, was, <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that very funny. Like, our, this movie was really like ramping up the slime factor in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's lines like tit patrol in this. And... <laughs> oh, yeah. Like. We got some good uh, stoner representation, I guess, in this movie. Fair. We know what would happen if we were going to Angela's camp. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. Okay. Um, let's uh, let's talk about uh, best performance. I mean, Pamela Springsteen I is guess... very good in this. Yeah, I'm guessing Pamela Springsteen. Although, I mean, she is not Angela. Um, yeah. Uh, there's, yeah. There's the the gleeful nature of it is really funny, and, and I mean the best of the dark humor it all comes from her. Oh yeah, for, for sure. sure. She she does a good job of playing that character who's like overly cheery, rule abiding on the surface, but then got that deep dark monster down in there. Yeah. Yeah. But still quite cheery. They're deep dark monster. Um, all right best kill i put alley just because getting shoved in an outhouse with leeches that's pretty gnarly mm -hmm. i mean she did get killed before that too but it's just insult to injury as they say yeah mm -hmm. um i thought if if the scene lasted longer the the burning of the sisters would have been pretty brutal where she yeah. wakes up in front of her sister's charred body and then basically just gets burned alive. She, like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And an anti-weed statement. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I my number one is is going to be uh, um, Allie in the out, outhouse. It's just, it's so brutal. It goes on for so long. Yeah. And it's just, it's a disturbing thought. Um, secondarily, I would say Mare, 
um, with the drill. Oh yeah. Um, and the implication because when she comes back later, later, like a couple minutes later, she's wearing Mare's face, mm. which is just disturbing uh. and adds a whole new layer to because because Angela is just borrowing from everywhere. There's no mo to mm -hmm. her. She just. She, I mean, she sets traps. She has just like simple bludgeoning kills. She she like sets people on fire. Like she's she's gotten she's just all over the place. Like she's completely unpredictable in that in in the kill factor. Like throwing random battery acid into a guy's face. Like I don't know. There's again, and it doesn't go with character. Yeah. Well, I mean, she would have also had to disassemble a battery from a car which i feel mm -hmm. like if you don't actually know what you're doing is probably very dangerous <laughs> but you know whatever yeah she just does she just does whatever she wants yeah. <laughs> she, she's got so many skills that we don't even know about yeah i mean i guess that's what happens when you go through electroshock therapy yeah you pick up everything so easily <laughs> yeah it's good for you I mean, I feel like also, when you're in the business of killing people at summer camp, you just find one thing that works and you stick with it, you know? Like, don't get all inventive and creative. That's where you're going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Not that that ended up happening to her. I guess she got lucky, but... Yeah. Um, Dumbest decision. I mean, going back to the camp pretty close to where your other cap was like yeah go a few yeah. states away go to a different country do something <laughs> but yeah. as, at the same time she gets away with everything yeah, yeah. actually like like are, are we gonna are, are we at all thinking that um that uncle john got a hold of any sort of authorities <laughs> or, not if or we uh... he reached out about fucking anything he, like, apparently, he didn't even talk to the parents of the campers who Angela had sent home because... No, he didn't the, verify uh, anything. Yeah, another camper had to call and be like, hey, I want to talk to these people. And then all of a sudden realized that they weren't actually home and their families all thought they were still at camp. Like right? one phone call could have uncovered that mystery. Like this camp is already going through a PR nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yes. These kids also, can sign waivers. Like there's nothing going on. There's no accountability for anybody at this camp. Not at all. No. Well, okay, I have a random question that doesn't 100% relate to Dumbest Decision, but mm. did panty raids really happen? Is that a thing? Like... I definitely had beef before my time if it existed. It, it seems so Porky's. Yeah. You know, like, like, just like something that, you know, Jeff Canu created for the horniness of Revenge of the Nerds or something. Yeah, like, like it, it feels like just a Hollywood thing, but then my does. mind was like, I've never been to summer camp, so maybe this is a real? <laughs> yeah. It seems like an old boys club rapey thing. Yeah. I mean, mm. yeah, it, it really does. It's, I mean, it's just another piece of the sleaze of this series. 100%. Yeah. And this movie is far more sleazier than the first movie, which is already pretty goddamn sleazy. Yeah. Yeah, just sleaze on top of sleaze. Yeah, absolutely. They're they they they're like, should we just put another layer of it on top of this one for the sequel? Ramp it up. Yeah, okay, let's do that. Yeah, 
Let's have the girls all show their boobs a bunch of different times, but we'll make it all about, like, haha, women power. We can yeah. show our boobs. So excited to do it. Yeah. All right. Especially that locker room scene. It's just like, why? <laughs> yeah. Why? There's no, like, I don't know. It's just, it's just for gratuitous nature. You know, it doesn't add anything to it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Okay, I think it's time to score this movie. Uh, I'm gonna go with a six point five. Um, even though it's got some some fun kills in it, it's just it's the only thing that I can that I can award it with. Fair. Like I don't I I don't have anything else behind it. Um, and it's I don't know. At the end of the day, it's just so damn unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> I, I don't know. You, you can't get anybody back from the first movie. You can't get the original a Angela. The original director's not on it. He's not even writing it. Like, just feels so, so much like the studio just wanting to make money. A hundred percent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If if I was gonna score it like based off of its place in a franchise, I would probably give it like a seven but I, I had a lot of fun with this while i was watching it and maybe like i didn't really watch them one after the other so maybe that is also impacting my score they were a little bit separate so in my head they feel more separate in in that in that case maybe but um i don't know i if i pretend that this one wasn't <laughs> supposed to be the same angela as the first movie i actually had i had fun following her character like run around trying to kill all these other campers for kind of no reason, basically. Um, it was campy. Ha ha ha, campy. Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of goofy. Um, and I don't know. So I, I feel like I'm going to give it like a 7.5. I don't, I feel like 8 is too high for this, but I, I, I genuinely enjoyed it, and when I forget that it is supposed to be part of a different franchise that doesn't feel the same at all, then uh, I think I could probably sit down and rewatch this one. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd go with a seven. Uh, like I said, I do think it's like a notch below the first movie. It's just not as consistently entertaining, but I think when it hits, it hits hard. So I still give it some credit for that. Uh, but yeah, definitely with this franchise, it's a case of diminishing returns. By the time you get to like the last movie, it's just like, ugh, what are we doing? So. <laughs> okay. Uh, Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at the Steve Dead. Um, I am on uh, Letterboxd, probably under the same. Hell, you can even probably find my PlayStation account. I'm at the Steve Dead. I just recovered that one recently. Oh, there you mm. go. Uh, um, I although it's a PS4, not a PS5, because I don't know if those exist anymore. I don't know. I can never find them. They're hard um, to find. <laughs> I know, still. Like, what? We're, like, two years, more than two years into it, and they're still, like, a rare commodity? Yeah. When you could find a PS4 fucking anywhere? Yeah. Before? Like, when that launched? So, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck the deal is with that, but I, I'm not going to Xbox again. I'm done. I'm done with the, the, the red lights and every, all that shit. Mm. <laughs> going yeah. off on a tangent, a gaming tangent there. Um, 
my website is stevestebbing.ca. Uh, I'm on the shift with Shane Hewitt every Thursdays at 11 p.m. Pacific time. That one is across Canada. Uh, it's just find your local listing on that one. Um, I am on After the Credits with uh, Marina, Bill, and Melissa, and that's once a month we do that show, and it's uh, a hell of a show with a, a lot of tangents in this this uh, month's episode. It's going to be a long one, I think, like an hour and a half or so. Um, and I'm also uh, on an episode of Perfect Ten with Michael Cohen on the Thunder Quack Podcast Network, where we did Scott uh, Pilgrim versus the world which is an amazing film and a total perfect 10 in my opinion nice uh cool taylor where can people find you on the internet um i hang out on instagram and twitch every once in a while under the username techronomicon i upload scores for the movies we cover on the podcast on letterboxd under the username cerceanic and I have a blog that I will update if I ever do anything else exciting, blog. I, I have to, again, give my love to just the name Technonomicon. I fucking <laughs> love it. It's so great. It also makes me, it reminds me that Evil Dead Rises is in like a month and a half now. Mm. Yeah, we're getting close. Oh, I'm so excited for it. Oh, that trailer just sends me. It's so good. Nice. Hopefully it's as good as the trailer. I I just I, I feel that Lee Cronin just has really good he, he is kind of the perfect person to do this. Mm. And I have the utmost faith in him. Because I don't think we I don't think we had the faith we didn't really know who Fede Alvarez was. Yeah. And I don't think we had the faith and when we saw the final product project uh, like the final product, I was like, Holy fuck, like he did it. Yeah, because I, I, the the Evil Dead re, um, remake, or reboot or or continuation is awesome, still awesome. Yeah, and we've already covered it, so people already know this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I don't know. I just hope that it can do its own thing. Uh, I think one of my big disappointments with the reboot was that they had that big tag with Bruce Campbell and then didn't really go anywhere. But yeah, yeah. That's why I'm like, you know what? Just make a movie, do its own thing. If it make gets a sequel, great. If not, I'd rather it just be a standalone thing. That's my only wish for this movie. I don't need it to set up a sequel. Just mm. one and done. And maybe, yeah. maybe you can do a sequel if, if it can make it happen. But yeah, we can agree with that. Cool. Uh, well, I'm over on Twitter, Film Critic Kurt. Uh, I'm consistently yelling at Uber because they try to put me <laughs> off. Uh, somebody like DM me on, and they're like, "Are you okay? Your Twitter's just you yelling at Uber." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just, you know." I'm just clearly mad at you at Uber. I do like to uh, confront companies on Twitter just because I'm like, it's very big open space. That that scares them, so it works. Mm. So. Poor Jill or Veronica, who's running the social media account. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or whoever, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck! He's at it again. <laughs> I'm Kurt. out of my element. All I do is do nice tweets on the internet. I don't know what to do with this. The The funny thing is, is that uh, I was I was raging on them on Twitter, and then they actually called me, which is very rare. I've never had Uber call me for customer, for customer service or anything. 
And they're like, can you confirm your email address? I'm like, yeah, it's Kurt at 3 And then I stopped and I'm like, this is not helping my cause. They just are like... <laughs> <laughs> yes, Kurt at 3 Nerds. Just so you know I'm raging. Uh, but yeah. Um, and then Letterboxd, uh, Fatal Koala. Um, and then, yeah. Um... Our next double feature is a very dusty horror kind of kind of uh, week. We're going to be talking about The Woman, which is a relatively recent movie. came out in 2011. And then yeah. the original Hills Have Eyes from 1977. Ooh. Which... Oh. The Woman, is that, is that Lucky McKee? I think so, yeah. I've never seen it, but it just looked like a very good pairing with... Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. It looked like it would be a good pairing with the hills have eyes so nice so we're gonna talk about that next time um yeah well until then bye for now